Do you want to reach the people that you love most with the good news of God's grace? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he interviews Christian leaders who will ignite your passion to bring others to Christ. Greetings to all of you, and I want to welcome you to Ignite Your Passion, a podcast, a Facebook post where we uh, really try to help you to share your faith in Jesus Christ with other people. We pray that God would send a great revival to you. So we're glad that you're joining us again today. And as I've told you before, one of my favorite things is I get to just talk with some of my favorite people and friends. Uh, God has just blessed me to be able to know some of the most wonderful people in all of life. And I have again today someone that's going to be a really a special blessing to you. You need to, to, to buckle up because we're going to have some good discussion today, especially about sharing your faith and, and some innovative, thoughtful ideas. I have Dr. Frank Harbour. Frank, welcome to uh, Ignite Your Passion. We're glad to have you today. Glad to be with you, Sammy Tippett. Well, it's, it's great. And, uh, and let me just give you a little introduction, then I'm going to let you just tell us a little about you, because I, 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 I want people to hear from you, your heart, and, and who you are. But uh, Frank is a man of many talents, and uh, he has his doctorate uh, from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he's an apologist, he's an evangelist, and he is an attorney. And uh, so all of those things put together, uh, I tell you what, God has just blessed him, gifted him, and uh, we're so thankful that you would take the time to, to share with us today, Frank. So tell us uh, a little bit about your family, uh, yourself, and, and, and just why you have a heart for sharing Christ with others. That's, I think that, that would be really helpful. So a little of your family life, a little of yourself, and, and why you have a heart for sharing with others. Well, my story is a story that uh, some people may have, have, have heard before, maybe not me, but other people. But I was one of those people that actually set out to prove that Christianity was not the truth. So for 21 years of my life, I was an atheist, and I didn't believe that there was a God. And I had a, a Christian pastor who witnessed to me. And so that began an investigation into the nine major world religions because he challenged me to prove that Christianity was not the truth. And that's where my life changed because I took him up on that challenge. And of course, you know, the listeners know the story of others who've taken up that challenge, like Josh McDowell and others that ended up becoming Christians. And of course the, the same happened to me. Um, and you know, I read, all the different holy books, studied all the different religions. But when I got to Christianity, there was a big difference in terms of, of evidence and credibility and reasons for faith, you know, that we can get a little bit more into. But that, you know, kind of constitutes my journey into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, uh, that's great. And uh, you're married? Yes. And have children? Tell us about them. Uh -huh. I have a wife, uh, Becky, and then we have uh, four children. Uh, we have twins, Graham and Gabrielle, and they're 21. And then I have an 18-year-old boy named Hunter and a 12-year-old girl named Hannah. So I've got a, I've got a full church uh, if everybody in my family comes. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. Now, you know, I, you sent me something. You, you, you and I have talked about this, and you sent me something that has really gripped my heart. You sent me your dissertation that you did. Uh, when you were in seminary for your doctorate. And um, I was just really touched by it for, for several reasons. One, 
is there is sort of a movement today that uh, the about the evangelist and evangelism in particular that uh, that that that's a non-relevant ministry. It's something of the past and 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 not really relevant for today. But boy, I tell you what, you presented some things in that dissertation, which was done what 1994 was it? Yes, mm-hmm. 1994. That that are just I mean, it, great evidences for the life and ministry and the call of the evangelist. Just give us a little overview of that. Well. It, it, it all kind of started with my atheistic background, and uh, people started asking me to give my testimony, and I started sharing at churches. When I did, people started getting saved, and it's very similar to your testimony. And I mean, I just began to be on the move, and and uh, and I began to run into more and more uh, people who had a call on their life, and they called themselves evangelists. Of course, the office is in the Bible, Ephesians 4, 11. And, you know, God gave some to the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But evangelists seem to be a, a bit more rare. But the interesting thing, if, and you may be one of the few people that's ever read my dissertation, mm-hmm. uh, but, of course, I love it. I'm excited about it. But, you know, in the early church, um, the earliest evangelists, they, 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 they not only won people to Christ, but they gave reasons for their faith, which was very, very fascinating to me because, you know, we live in America. So, you know, here when you share your faith, chances are people have heard about Jesus. Chances are people have heard about this book called the Bible. We have what's called a home field advantage. It's pretty neat. But, you know, when you go overseas like you do often, um, you're going to have to explain to people why the Bible is such an important book, uh, who this Jesus is. Um, they were not able to take those things for granted. And so these early evangelists, uh, they went worldwide with this message. And they had to be very creative in how they took the gospel, and they had to be prepared to defend the gospel. So they, they were doing the same work as apostles. There was a saying in the early church that every every apostle is an evangelist, but not every evangelist is an apostle. Now, that came to be very, very important as all the apostles were killed uh, or died or died off. You know, most of them died martyrs deaths because they were proclaiming this message that Christianity is the truth. And in the ultimate uh, way of proving something, you know, they were all given the chance to recant before they were put to death, and they didn't, which is one of the, you know, amazing things that you look back at historical records and say, this is incredible, because these men gave their lives for Christianity, and if Christianity was not the truth, these apostles would have known it, but right. they willingly right. gave their lives uh, to Christ. So when they died off, the evangelists took over and they began to spread around the world. And my dissertation is about that spread from the second century BC. I mean, it starts with Philip, Acts 21, 6, and goes all the way to the present with Billy Graham and Luis Palau and you and many other uh, great ones that are doing the work of an evangelist today. 
And and I tell you what, it was it was thrilling for me just to kind of read because it gave me the thread of consistency and continuity through history, which which I think is needed to be understood today. And and you know, one of the things that I think and, and by the way, I I do you know, I do a lot of things and where I go, uh, I do, you know, conferences on revival because I really believe the message of revival is needed. We need a spiritual awakening. I do leadership training, discipleship, and evangelism. And I can tell you right now, the thing that is opposed more than anything else is the evangelism. Wow. You know, uh, I mean, and, and I'm talking about not just in the spiritual and people opposing me. I'm, I'm talking about even technological. When, you know, you're going to have problems when you start doing evangelism that, that you won't have when you're doing the other stuff. You know, it, it, it's been, I mean, I've watched this for 50 years uh, and, and, you know, it, there's, you're right out on that cutting edge when you're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others. I, I, I want to ask you about this and, and then we want to get into some of the creative things. But one of the things I think that's happened today, especially in the Western world, is the evangelist has gone within the church and yeah. stayed within the church. And that's why you, you don't have that cutting edge evangelism. It's not, they've not gotten outside of the four walls of the church and where the great evangelists of, of old people like Whitfield and Wesley, uh, you know, they, they moved outside those four walls. And so speak to me about that a little bit. Is that, am, am I off there? What's your thoughts on that? You know, the evangelist, it definitely operates within the parameters of the local church. Without the local church, there's nothing. That's the bride of Christ, and that's right. who Jesus loves. And so we do that. Many evangelists, you know, they have found themselves within churches as a minister of evangelism, a very important position for churches to have. Some have a staff evangelist, and that's a little bit different. That's usually someone like yourself who's tied to a, a local church, but right. From there, they launch outward and, you know, spread the message. And so I know there in San Antonio, you know, we were at the E4 uh, E conference and your pastor, David, I mean, you know, just what David Walker, right. what a wonderful, amazing man. And it, it was refreshing to see the tie that you had to the church. But he was supportive of the fact that, you know, Sammy, you're doing what few people can do, which is take the gospel around the world. And that's what the evangelist is all about, you know, kind of like Star Trek, boldly going where no one has gone before, taking the gospel to people who either have never heard or, you know, they, they, they desperately need to hear a preacher who has this, this timely message and yep. salvation comes upon them. So it's a very exciting profession. Yeah. Well, you know, and you said something that's good for me to hear, okay, and that is, it's the church, and you're right. I have a church, and I've had a com a conviction that I need to be a part of a local church, and not just a part of it, but I need to be sent out from that church. Mm -hmm. Now, my support base is much broader than my church, yeah. right? But but I'm they are my prayer support. I mean, they're the they're the kind of the center, the core of of, of where I'm sent out from. And then as I go out, not only do I do evangelism, but I've got to point people back into local churches. But the, the evangelist then is kind of that, that person that is sort of in between those two spots. Yeah. And so you, you know, read my dissertation and, and you probably saw the Greek. There's a lot of Greek there. 
And yeah. so, you know, the, the gospel is the euangelion, which means the good news. The word evangelist is euangelistes, which is this messenger who carries the good news. That's, that's different. It only occurs three times uh, in the Bible. And so it, it talks about the office. It talks about Philip. Philip in the Bible, Acts 21, 6, is the only person listed in the Bible as an evangelist. Now we have Timothy, who's told to do the work of an evangelist as a pastor. But this euangelistes is a very interesting office that God has given, and I believe will be there all the way to the, to the very end, which is, you know, really pertinent to what we're talking about today. Because every generation, as you saw in the dissertation, they think that's the last, you know, era of evangelists. They think they're dying off. They think there's never going to be any more. And then, boom, you know, here they come again in, in, in their next, I, I, you know, in their next version. Yep. And it's usually better than before. <laughs> yeah. And one reason is because when when per person gets saved, they want to share Jesus. When Christ yeah. comes into your life, you want to share Christ with others. And there are going to be some who are gifted to do that. And that's yeah. the evangelist, the one who is gifted. I mean, every one of us are to be witnesses, to be yeah. sharing our faith. But then God gifts some that with, with that gift of being able to share effectively the gospel, the good news, gospelizer, so to speak. And, yeah, uh, the evangelist, you know, he'll have something about him that's just different. I mean, you know, people used to come up and say, you know, how is it when you give an invitation, all these people are saved and try to break it down and parse it? I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm just called to do this and it, it just, it just happens. And, and so it is for those who are called to do this, you know, this amazing things follow them of, of people finding Christ and just their whole lives really are just an amazing series of stories, one right after the, un, 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 the other, like yours is, and I'm reading your book right now. It's really, really good. <laughs> Well, one of the things that you and I talked about, and, and I have to say that you're just such a blessing because, uh, you know, I've, I've had this burden and want people to s see some things. And, and, uh, and, and I, you're one of the first people I met that kind of grasp what this burden is on my heart. And that is that with every generation, you know, the gospel does not change. The message does not change. It's the same but how we get it to people changes. Mm -hmm. The road on which we travel, the method, uh, you know, is different uh, according to the situation and circumstance. Talk to me a little bit about that throughout history uh, and, and the history of the church. Yeah, and you know, there's, there's always this, you know, there's some people who think it's not very spiritual to use a method and, you know, that, you know, and, but we can take this too far because we can pray and just say, God, you know, I'll witness to anybody that you cause to come to my house and knock on the door. We can sit there <laughs> praying all day and maybe, maybe the doorbell will ring. You know, yep. maybe, maybe you'll hear that knock. But chances are uh, Jesus still wants us to go. And so, you know, and, and, and as we go, there's ways to go. And so you referenced it. You, you mentioned the word roads. And these Roman roads that were built, they were used by the apostles and the early evangelists to take the gospel. They used ships. Now, some people may say, well, I'm against those modern, you know, fangled ships that take the gospel. Paul wasn't. He used it. And we have all these missionary journeys. And it has continued uh, to this very day. 
with all of these innovations. I mean, you know, it's crazy, but I mean, we carry around cell phones that are more powerful than the computer that once sent men to the moon. I mean, it's an amazing amount of, of, of technology. So we're talking about, you know, we can go through the, the history of advances from the second century to the present, but there was a time in our country where we, uh, in, our, in, in the world, where we didn't have all the technology that we have. I mean, when I was a kid, there were only three TV stations, you know, uh, and then PBS came out. And then I remember the first time that they came out with UHF, we had these little rabbit ears that we got from 7-Eleven right. and we could get new channels. Oh, that was so exciting. Now there's so many channels that people don't even, you know, they don't even hardly know what to pick. And not only that, but just really doesn't hardly matter now what country you go to. Everybody has a cell phone. You, you drive around, look at all the kids that have cell phones. Right. Um, it, we're living in a world in which we better piece this whole thing together because we're trying to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And, you know, we can still use roads and we can still use ships, but I think there's, there's, a, there's a bigger message. So, you know, when Billy Graham, you know, came on the scene, you know, he, he was one of the early adopters in radio. He was one of the early adopters with, with uh, television, with Hour of Decision, and he was a pioneer, and some people criticize it. And look how wonderful, you know, uh, uh, that worked out. But, you know, now in this post-Billy Graham era, which is where we are, Sammy, um, you know, are we ever going to be able to have this one voice who, you know, when he, when he walks into the White House, you know, everybody EF Hutton's and, and listens, uh, are we ever going to see a human being like that fill stadiums again? We may or may not. But even if that doesn't happen, there's a, there's a bigger story here about the way to reach the masses with the gospel. And I think that's, you know, what you're tapping into. You see my dissertation and you can see where you mentioned uh, Whitfield and Wesley. They went to open fields. There wasn't church big enough to hold them. So they just went outside. That was an innovation. You know, pretty much before that, you know, if, if you were a minister, you had to have a room, an indoor room to preach or, you you know, you couldn't preach. So and it, and it just kept on going from there to the present. But I believe that we're at a unique crossroads in history and that, you know, God's going to raise up some people to take the gospel around the world in a form that we have never seen before. Amen. Well, you know, um. I, I've been, and I'm going to send this to you. I'm working on a, a, a book, and um, and part of it was just uh, in, in over the past few months, I've had been just the burden and this thing burning in my heart on the Great Commission and innovation and a revival and innovation and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and innovation, and and so many times what we do, I think, as Christians, is we take two great truths and we put them in competition against each other when they should be working with each other. And for, for instance, holiness and grace, you know, everybody argues over those two things, but when you understand them, how they come together and work together, how holiness drives us to humility and God, you know, places his grace on the heart of humility. And, you know, and, and it's, it's such a beautiful thing when you see them together rather than opposing one another. And it's the same thing, I think, with, uh, with you know, dependence upon God, not technology. Correct. If we depend on technology, we're going to be in trouble. 
and, and you know, it's just going to be more flesh. Mm-hmm. So we depend upon God, but we use the technology. But by the same token, uh, we, uh, we need to not only just depend on God, but we need to embrace those things that God's given us. Um, one good example, and, and then respond to that, you know, when the Gutenberg press was developed, I, you cannot separate the Reformation from the Gutenberg press. The Gutenberg press was a te- technological advancement. And so now Martin Luther, who read, you know, the just shall live by faith, said in a, in a monastery, he said, everybody should read this. Everybody can read this. So to get the Bible into the hands of everyone, and that, that, that spawned a, a reformation. And I think it's the same thing that we're experiencing today. If we could see that God's given us tools to, to reach the world. Oh, I, I agree. And I think, you know, the, the issue becomes even bigger about what is the next Gutenberg press? Because, you know, we're living in an age in which, you know, I think you and I, when we went to school, it was the age of books. So when I went back to law school late in life, the first semester, you go for three years, the first semester, they taught us how to use the library and how to do law cases with books. After that first semester, they said, forget about that. We're going to show you how to do everything online. And there's no need to ever go to a library, again, a law library. I've never been back since because I don't need to. But you know, it's good to know how to do the books, but, you know, bookstores are closing. I mean, Christian bookstores are closing worldwide. And so it's because of how people are intaking, uh, getting this information. They are literally downloading it, you know, in, in such a way. And, you know, you mentioned it to me before and it really clicked. It really made sense that, you know, there's millions of people and, and their way of intaking information is visual, right. not reading words. And so, uh, you know, demonstrated probably by the habits that they have of, of watching YouTube all day or social media or, you know, well, you can watch TV on your phone now. You don't have to go anywhere. It can, you can do it all from one little device. And it's changing how we're going to have to reach people because, you know, the Holy Spirit you know, moves like the wind and he he blows us and we have to move in this direction. And I think that, you know, God is going to raise up some leaders to, to follow this prompting of the Holy spirit uh, to, to reach people who are really reverse of what we said earlier, instead of the preacher sitting in his house, I hope somebody will knock on the door. You know, what about that person who doesn't know God sitting at their house saying, boy, I sure, I sure wish, God would send somebody if he's real uh, to knock on my door. And there is a way to do that. And you already know what it is, Sam Tippett. Well, you know what? And, and I'll tell you this one quick testimony. When we first started, we launched the, the, our videos on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it was a result of I, I preached on Skype from my office to 10,000 young people in Punjab, India. Uh, 10,000 people, not young people, but 10,000 people in Punjab. And so we had thousands come to Christ. So we started, we said, we got to do something to help them. So we started this Facebook page by putting videos of discipleship to help them. We did it in Punjabi and English. And I put up the English video, went and had breakfast, came back to check to see what happened. 
a thousand people had watched the video while I ate breakfast. <laughs> and, and, and then I looked and it was people from all kinds of religious backgrounds, atheists, all kinds of people. And, and they were from all over the world. And I was in, whoa, what, what happened here? It was like, I, I, I just couldn't believe it. But because what happened was it was delivered right on their phone. They, and they were sitting there not expecting anyone. And they got this thing said, what is this? And they, they clicked on it and started listening to it. Some got mad, some got glad, some got <laughs> came yeah. to Christ. And, you know, but, but, and I saw, wow, you know, I, there's something here that I wasn't expecting I, that we tapped into. One person shared it from, and, and actually you can target people. And I targeted America, people I know, mm -hmm. you know, but it ended up someone in the States had a platform that they shared it on in the Middle East. And it got on that platform, and then all of a sudden, it just exploded. Mm. So uh, we, we have this, this incredible potential possibility. Let's wrap this up. If you were to say one thing that you would want to leave everybody with to think about, what, what would that one thing be? Well, you know, God, he, he's the one who calls. There is an office of evangelist. And so the question is, is God still calling people today? Now, you know, if, if you go to seminaries and churches and everything else, you're, you're apt to see a, an altar call for someone that might want to surrender to, to ministry or someone that might want to surrender to missions. It's very rare that we hear um, an invitation to surrender to the office of evangelist. That's the culture that we need to change. We need to get this message to young people because I believe that there's a new move. I believe you're a part of it, Sammy, that God is going to raise up many next generation evangelists. And to that degree, you know, there's lots of exciting stuff we're working at, uh, working on, you know, with uh, particularly one of our, our seminaries where we can partner with them and and help people fulfill the, this calling. I knew there was something different about me. I knew I didn't quite fit in. And luckily I had a pastor who said, you just, you just need to go to seminary. You just need to go to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. You have too many questions. And uh, he could tell I was gifted. Every time I preached, you know, people got saved. Uh, people would show up. Crowds started happening. I knew there was something I don't know, you know, what, what the word is, Sammy. It's like, you know, when you recently went on a campus and said, is there anybody here that's unusual, that's a square yeah, peg that just doesn't quite fit in? Um, these people are there. They're there right now. They're waiting for help. They're waiting for someone to equip them and to, to, to reach out. They need to be connected to other people who are like them. Yeah. This, is, this is the move that's, that's coming up, and I'm excited. Uh, about your ministry and, and what you're doing and your leadership, uh, you know, with, with the National Conference of Evangelists and, and your leadership uh, here in Texas, which is, has a lot of evangelists. It's, it's a very big state, and there's a lot of people here that do this. But the evangelists that are in there, we're getting older. And yeah. so it's time, you know, to, to, to find this next generation. And so I think we know where they're at. We've, we've just got to go to them. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you taking the time to share. And 
I just really appreciate your heart and uh, what God has gifted you with and what he's given you to do. And, and uh, I'm just looking forward to some great things in the future and seeing what God does. So thank you, Frank. And for all of those of you who've been watching, those of you who've been listening, I hope that you'll just take these things that you've heard, ponder them in your heart, pray over them, and ask the Lord just to speak to you and show you. And, and by the way, I, I know there's a lot of people witness, uh, listening and watching saying, well, I'm not gifted as an evangelist. But you are to do the work of the evangelist. You are to be a witness of Christ. And God wants to use you to do that. And there may be some people who are listening to this, watching this, that God's put a call on your life, and you didn't know what it was until today. And you know that God's calling you to be a proclaimer, to, to be that proclaimer of the good news of Jesus Christ. So why don't you just let him complete that work in you and you do his will. God bless you and thank you for listening. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit sammytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith, your love of family, and a passion to reach others.